Today's chat is brought to you by the support of all our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some exclusive features over in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search, focus that fire. And so we come together. Join us. Join the discussion. Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Welcome back for episode 156 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on January 25th over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. As always, want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Our topic for tonight's episode is going to be a look at the legacy of yore. But first, let's run through a quick introduction of those on the show for tonight. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 And basically rounding out the uh, usual team, we have our good buddy, the lore content cop himself, Beard Grizzly. Beard, how are you doing? Oh, I'm here. Especially after today, I'm here. <laughs> as as most of you have probably realized, as as most of you are very, very acute or astute on the realization, Green is not here this week. Uh, she is out because of a wedding or no a bridal shower in the family mm-hmm. uh her i believe her sister is getting married so she had to go go back home and uh give some i don't know give support i i keep thinking that it's a bachelorette party and she keeps reminding me that it's a bridal shower so i keep thinking that it's a different type of party but that's where my brain is so Yes. So we don't have we don't have a community question this week. We are going to be trying to figure out a time to jump on uh, by the time you guys who are listening to the audio recording, which should be Monday morning if everything goes well. uh, The drop of the new quest, the draw will be releasing on Tuesday. So it will be quote unquote tomorrow. By the time you hear this, we are going to be trying to find a time for green beard and myself to sit down uh, and either record during a game stream or record another episode uh, over on Twitch for our kind of thoughts on what has been officially released at that point uh, as far as the lore entries i believe we are expecting two books to come out which are going to be letters of the renegade and book of unmaking Uh, they have not been released yet as far as i am aware so we won't be discussing those even though they are very very relevant to tonight's topic we're not. We're going to try to hold off on discussing discussing those as much as possible, uh, because they are not technically canon just yet. And so we try to we try to respect that. Um, I will say I am very excited for for them to get dropped. If if the version that I have is the version that we're getting, it's amazing, and I'm really excited to see where that 
where that goes as far as in-game and also in the overall story. Um, Let's see, real quick, anything else I'm trying to think? Oh, I did have one other, actually kind of really big announcement. Um, <clears throat> so as, as most of you in the Destiny community are probably aware, uh, Guardian Radio has kind of taken a step back and has, t- has gone off air. Uh, the group is still definitely around. Um, Mark is kind of doing his own thing with the, uh, the different various entertainment uh, podcasts. And then Mesa is obviously doing his own thing. And I believe K-Dub is still doing his own thing as well. So they're, they're definitely all still around. They will be coming back from time to time for episodes of Guardian Radio. But that being said, the Guardian Radio network has kind of, for, for lack of better words, word kind of disbanded it's it's not really existent anymore um and so what that kind of presents for us is an opportunity um to kind of to that, that basically allows us an opportunity to move into a space that gives us the option or the opportunity to create a place for us and others who enjoy or enjoy lore as a whole uh, to uh, an area to grow as content creators. And so in that vein, what I have done with Green and a couple of the other uh, creators who have already kind of been a part of what we have going on called the Lore Network, we have revamped the website of the Lore Network. Um, we are going, and our I am, I'm going to be taking a lot more of an active role over there, uh, pushing to kind of grow that site and what the lore network really, I really kind of want to see it is in the same vein that focus fire chat has developed into really a, uh, for lack of a better term, a safe spot for people from across the destiny community to come together to discuss the destiny lore. And, you know, with the extra lore, we have definitely tried to kind of We've dipped our toes in the water, if you will, on different content or different games. The Lore Network really is going to be a a repository or a hub to help people not just find other creators, but also help creators find other creators to kind of help build a a community both for creators and for you know an audience as a way to help kind of showcase what's out there. Uh, and so there, we're, our idea is that we want to build a spot so that other people can go to the website uh, and find, you know, different content like Beards, Beards YouTubes uh, or uh, Wally or Sir Wallen's, you know, YouTube channel. Like there's different things that they cover. Uh, We try to showcase, you know, hey, if you're looking for this particular uh, uh, topic, these are the creators that we have that we know of, that we work with, that we're friends with, that we, you know, that help us help. We help them all that. And, and really behind the scenes, what it's uh, also an option or also also an opportunity for us is as creators, it allows us to be kind of like pinging each other and kind of, you know, growing ourselves and helping us fact check ourselves behind the scenes, which is, it's honestly for, for, especially for story analysis is really helpful because that helps everyone kind of have a more accurate view of what's going on. Um, that being said, 
what we're going to be doing is we're actually opening up the lore network to anyone. Uh, so predominantly it is going to be kind of more articles. Uh, so if you have a game that you're very passionate about, that's not destiny. We were kind of talking about that before, before the show started. Uh, if you have a game that's really, you know, or anything, if you have a, a movie like the Marvel cinematic universe, big deal right now. If you have stuff that you want to talk about that, you don't really have a place to talk about it and you want to, Put your thoughts in an article and have us host those articles. We will put them up and we will push them out to the the audience audiences really that we have. Um, because as we get more people, you know, in there as creators to kind of help each other as creators, that'll also obviously give us an opportunity to kind of showcase your guys' stuff as well, which is kind of what we were doing a little bit with the Focus Fire website. Um, we're going to be trying, we're probably going to be ultimately taking the Focus Fire website and merging it into the Lore Network's website. Um, I am working behind the scenes right now with uh, WordPress is where we host everything right now. Um, I'm working with them to try to see how to not impact you guys as consumers or as the audience, you will still be able to use the URL focusfirechat.com, uh, but that's going to redirect basically into the lordnetwork.com. Uh, so basically what I really want right now, what I'd really like to hear is if you guys can check out the lorenetwork.com, let us know what your thoughts are on the website, uh, the layout of the website, what you would like to see, what would make it easier for you to use. What would you actually, you know, what would you care to see on that website? Because right now we have a really good uh, foundation for it, but we want to know, you know, for you guys, what is it that you are wanting to find? Would it be like, do you want like a more more prominent Rolodex of content creators? Do you want more articles? Do you want more, you know, what are you looking for? What can we do to help you find stuff that, you know, you're looking for more easily? Uh, and that's for you as readers or as uh, consumers of content. If you are out there and you want to get into content creation and you feel like there's, you know, I don't have a, I don't have a platform to stand on or whatever, let us know because we're also going to be trying to promote people and kind of help get people out there and get them started with their own thoughts and get them, you know, a, a place to kind of talk about their thoughts about things as well. Uh, so definitely reach out to us. We are going to uh, I, I don't know if we're going to necessarily open up a new discord server just yet. We're still kind of working out the mechanics of that or the the logistics of that particular piece uh but it is in conversation right now right now we're still doing most of what we what we are doing through the focus fire discord at this moment but you know obviously we're all on twitter uh we're also obviously on discord so if you want to reach out there and then and obviously if you want to send us an email we still have the focus fire chat at gmail address uh is the best place to get a hold of us if you want to email um so that all that all being said uh, we obviously don't have a, a community question this week because green's out. Uh, we will be working on getting one for the maybe the next episode. Uh, next episode is going to be an extra lore episode, so it's not necessarily going to be something that we might get, but we might try to get. I might she might try to get something out for the draw review. Um, well, yeah, so. With that all being said, let's jump through the intro notes real quick, and then we, Beard and I will get right into the topic. 
In our last episode of Focus Fire Chat, we discussed biases. If you ever miss an episode and would like to catch up, please be sure to check out FocusFireChat.com for archives, articles, and links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat. If you don't mind, please rate and, if you can, review the show on iTunes, Podbean, or whichever podcasting app you use to enjoy podcasts. Reviews are extremely helpful as they not only let us know what we can do better, but help us stay up on the charts, which helps others find our amazing community. To those of you who have already taken the time to leave us a review, thank you. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday, at around 10pm Central, we get together to stream a high-level summary of the previous week's chats for those who are unable to participate. If you're a fan of lore in all its various forms, be sure to also check out thelorenetwork.com where you can find a wide variety of some amazing content that covers a number of different titles and mediums. Our next chat is going to be a discussion on January's extra lore topic, Halo. However, as always, please be sure to weigh in on the poll this weekend to let us know which topic you want to discuss after that. Links to that poll can be found on either Twitter, at FocusFireChat, or within our Discord server. Before we jump into the information and thoughts the community had about the legacy of your, however, let's have a quick chat about this week's Lost Lore. All right, so for this week, um, I don't really have anything particular set aside for Lost Lore, uh, but I do actually want to call out, in 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 a way, I would kind of want it to be a focus on the Grimoire Anthology, which is called A Dark Mirror, the, the volume one, I guess you would say. There's a couple really kind of... Uh, introductory summaries from the lore publication there that really are they they just spring to mind when we talk about this particular thing and one of them is the introduction to a book of sorrow uh and it and the the summary is it goes quote what is this violent ritual these tales of suffering were all ends in a feast of maggots and rot laid on a warm wood table for gods to feast on misery but it is but is not the light also served by savage sacrifice, accepted wounds, blood spilled in the dust of distant worlds. Life and death and life and death and life and death are locked in a battle that never ends. The cycle is the same. The pain is the same. We eliminate those who oppose the light. They annihilate those who do not worship the dark. In the end, only sorrow remains. So that's the that's the summary or the introduction to a book of sorrow in the Grimoire anthology of Dark Mirror, and really the reason I kind of wanted to call that out is because it does a great level of justice to the legacy of the man known to many of us as Dragon Yor, uh, the same heroic titan whose name is protected by not only the vanguard and the consensus but by his own actions really, uh, and I know when I was so if anything for lost lore I want to call out again. The fact that, yes, Dredgen Yor is a titan, not a hunter. That titan was name was Rezal Azir. Uh, I, I was kind of just doing a 
a litmus test, if you will, of Reddit for, you know, any recent conversation about Dredge and Yore and the shadows of Yore and all that. And apparently this is still a very contentious subject. Uh, apparently this is still a giant argument as far as who Dredge and Yore was. Um, I don't really know why, but... Uh, this is also where I insert the... Uh... Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really understand why... But yeah, so oh, I you mean, say we got confirmation from the writer? You don't say. <laughs> Chat, you went to Reddit first mistake. No, I mean Reddit. Reddit. Okay, for the for the record, Reddit has a. I mean, I can't defend it too much, but it does have good areas. Like it, there are, and if nothing else, it is a good litmus test for like what a lot of the general population is is what is on their minds, right? Like you know, it mm-hmm. regardless of. If what's on the minds of the many is is uh, something you roll your eyes at or not, that's that's not the point. It is it does it is a good um, yeah. I don't know how much more I can defend that. Like so, like but but the fact is that there are still a lot of people who are posting about you know who is Dredgen Yor, who is Dredgen Vale, who is Dredgen Bane, like all these different uh, shadows and who's who who are they? And it's a kind of a question. There's a lot of assumptions. There's a lot of, um, to be blunt, misinformation. Uh, and so I think that's kind of one of the first things I do kind of want to call out about your is we've done, I think this is the third specific fourth. Hang on. Let me make sure. One, two, three, four. This will be the fourth specific episode that we do about dredge and your, um, and I do just want to reiterate that dredge and your was a Titan. And the entire point of everything that was put into game that was hinting at his being a hunter was done with the purpose of misdirection. Like that we, we have this confirmed. Like he he is trying to misdirect your attention from who he actually is. So it's not just the vanguard. It's not just the consensus. It's not just the speaker who is, you know, hiding this information from you. Yor himself is also protecting his name out of a sense of, you know, whether, whether that's misplaced pride, whether that is um, uh, hubris of some kind. You know, there, there is a degree through which he views the name Rezalazir as something of a, a, uh, a light on the top of a hill, and it needs to stay that way. And you can argue there too whether there is a degree of uh, if the of the man who he was still left, or if he was using that to, you know, we do know about Dredge and Yor that he did appreciate consuming hope. He loved building up hope, if for no other reason than to to destroy it. Nothing was more delicious to him, he says. And so he could also be using it as a way to kind of being like, oh, yeah, look, here's this this name dangling this this bait star, if you will, uh, out and waiting for people to fixate on it just to swoop in and, you know, at the last minute, destroy that hope within them personally. Uh, That's also a possibility. It just depends on how twisted he actually was in the end. But that all is to be said. He was a titan. Like I don't, I think that's about as blunt as I can be with that particular piece of information. Yep. 
Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Protect his name to give them hope. Nothing dies like hope. Yeah, wicked in chat. Yeah. I mean that's and that's kind of one of my personal theories is that he used it as a way to to build up the the currency that even in his twisted state he still viewed as currency. Because we see that with Rezel, right? Like from the very beginning with Rezel, he views hope as a currency. I mean, we've talked about this, I think what what was it? Was it the episode was it last episode or the episode before that where he mentioned that beard about Rezel, you know, viewing hope as what brings tomorrow. Um I think it was the episode before because we were what were we talking about? Something kind of spawned it up. Uh, and if not that, maybe it was the Black Armory Papers. Cause yeah, we I think it might have been the Black Armory Papers. Yeah, because we were dealing with uh, some of the topics that kind of lace back to it and some of the writing that was otherwise put together with the uh, person that they refer to and how Hope was brought up within that same exact sentencing and so on. and um. Yeah, because I could go along with that entire thinking the whole time. Anyway, well, and I mean, I think the the <clears throat> the kind of to pull to kind of move into, um, you know, move into what the legacy of your, if you will, kind of is, is like let's look at you know the tragedy of the shadows, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the the tragedy of the shadows of your is, um. I mean, it, it, to really kind of sum it up, I, I kind of want to read the note from, again, actually from the Destiny Audio or Grimoire. I keep wanting to send it Audio Grimoire. Destiny Grimoire Anthology, they have an excerpt that is from Callum. Now, I think this is one of those things that this is actually one of the new pieces of information that we get from the anthology. A lot of the a lot of that printed anthology, to be fair, is uh, is information that we've already had, but it's just kind of re re reorganized, if you will, into kind of a more cohesive thing. Uh, big shout out to Matt and the team over on Bungie for the compilation of that because it does it does kind of direct your understanding of how it's to be read. Um, and, and the excerpt, they have kind of like summary excerpts at the beginning of each chapter, really. And there's about, I think if I remember off the top of my head, there's three chapters and this is, this is the one that's called shadows beyond. And it's and the shadows beyond excerpt says in the beginning, I towed the line. My ghost brought me up out of the long black, led me to a gun, told me I was a warrior. She said I was supposed to protect humanity. I told her I didn't see much reason in fighting for people who had never given one about me. She said I was special. I told her if that was true, she wouldn't have found my bones in the back end of nowhere. Didn't know who I'd been before she woke me up, but I knew enough to know I was no hero. Her rules didn't make much sense to me. I was supposed to do all the bleeding, all the dying. I was the one pulling the trigger. I was the one who couldn't close my eyes without seeing one of a thousand things I'd rather forget. Nightmares that turned into horrors on planets that weren't my own that turned into more nightmares. The rest didn't have to do anything but be saved. So I started thinking. Then I started reading. I'm no warlock, but it didn't take a warlock to track down the stories of the Risen who'd taken a hold of the dark and made it his own. The man who had gone down into the tunnels and burned down the horrors, took their remains and wore them like a king, stripped away the petals of the rose like broken shards. 
They say he fell to corruption, that he lost himself and had to be put down, that the man with the golden gun is the hero who saved the day. I don't believe it. I'm not the only one either. Not many of us left now, but we've walked in his dust. We know everything he ever did. We understand what you don't. He wasn't the demon the stories made him out to be. He was showing us the way. My ghost doesn't talk much these days. When she does, she calls me by my old name, Callum. I don't answer to that anymore. So, uh, this is this is the this is actually a really cool look at the situation that we see from the character that we kind of get introduced to when he dies. Um, our our really only introduction to Callum up until this point has been a entry from I believe it is the it's not. Is it, uh, oh God, I just blanked on it. Um, it's shadow on, I think it's shadow on the wall, right? Yeah. There's, there's that one that we see. And then also in the game, when you're going for the malfeasance quest, uh, the climax to the corrupted strike, you actually apparently find this ghost, uh, that was Callum's and you see, uh, you, the you shadow. see Callum's shadow basically pasted on the wall like it was a nuclear is, blast that just went off. And is that is that where we hear Callum's last name? Uh, in the strike, I because so. I could off not the... find it in the entries, and I, I've seen a lot of people refer to it as Callum's soul, and I could not find it in in the entries of. It. So it's either uh, so the two entries that we have Callum on right now in game are Shadow on a Wall and Artifacts and Old Friends. Uh, both of these are from the Renegade, which a character named the Renegade, which a lot of people kind of are uh, uh, pretty accurately, I think, assuming is Shin. Uh, and this is uh, Drifter's Gambit is the book that I was thinking here. Um, and they're both uh, labeled a Renegade's Observations of a Drifter. Uh, Shadow on the Wall really kind of sets the stage for what Beard was just explaining, but it's from Shin's perspective. Um, and it's basically the renegade confronting Callum, uh, right after Callum had killed his ghost. So Callum was actually the one that respond or was responsible for his ghost. Uh, and I believe it was with a thorn, right? That's kind of the, at least that's right. A tool car from the jagged spikes fired from a weapon. I shall not name. I kind of hmm. read that as being a, 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 uh, I don't know what you want to call it. It's technically the slug that Thorn fired back in D1, if anyone remembers that. Yep. Oh, Dino Dino did say, uh, Drifter gives the name at the start of the strike, Callum Soul. Perfect. So, yeah, so that's that's Callum. I would just have to look back on it. Yeah, and I I don't believe I we know his his title as a shadow. Uh, the other two known shadows we do have, these are Dredge and Vale and Dredge and Bane. Uh, we've actually known Bane and Vale. We've had information from them since Destiny 1. Uh, Bane is definitely becoming more prevalent. Uh, he's definitely the source of a lot of information, it looks like, going forward as well as kind of existing now. Uh, and this is because Bane was a character named Tebin Gray. We don't know much about like classification or uh, race about uh, 
gray. Hang on real quick. Yeah, uh, sorry, chat was talking about Bane. Um, we don't know much about Tebin other than the fact that Tebin was a very studious keeper of notes, uh, which will we will touch on, like I said, when, I, I, I still want to talk about it because Book of the Unmaking is like really thanks to Gray's character, Tebin's character is that's going to be the prevalent some what from what I've seen, um, and it's oh, it's so good. I'm just hoping that we get. I'm hoping that what we have is what we get because it's so good. Uh, Vale, however, we do know a bit more about Vale. Vale was a male. Uh, we don't know what race. Most people assume seem to assume that Vale was a hunter. Uh, and I, I haven't seen anything in the entries that point to that. Uh, there's a few that kind of, I believe the closest that would come to kind of pointing that is ghost fragment thorn, hang on real quick, ghost fragment thorn five. Uh, and the reason why I think that is where a lot of people kind of assume that that's veil talking is that it's a single person giving kind of a soliloquy or a monologue. Uh, and it's labeled as a unknown hunter. Um, however, as I was digging more into the ghost fragments, um, as I was giving digging more into them, there were a couple other ghost fragments that had the tags for Veil or uh, Dredgen Veil and Dredgen Bane, but were not those two speaking. And so, there's there could be the argument made that those tags are simply uh, kind of like category tags for the audio files or the audio transcripts that the ghost fragments represent. Um, Because there is a, I think it's ghost fragment, the cathedral or cathedral of dust. I want to say that's the one where there's two, there's a hunter and a Titan speaking about how they ran into Orsa and his group. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's just one of those things it's like it's it's i think it's a safe assumption but it is still at this point an assumption is all i think um but that being said veil definitely is responsible for the recreation of thorn uh veil put together a process known as um the let me see i believe it was the rite of cleansing is how we got it in what was that that was in rise of iron Right, I believe that was the re the updated version of a light in the dark, which was the original quest that we used to get Thorn. Um, so the rite of cleansing was established by Orsa to create new thorns for use in the Crucible and to then further develop the shadows. Ultimately, their ultimate end goal was to develop the shadows into an equivalent of the weapons of sorrow, uh, which is where we kind of we see this kind of in Ghost Fragment Thorn Five, where he kind of is talking about the evolution of them into something more. Um, but really, I mean, so I kind of want to talk about like what, what the shadows that, cause the shadows really are, to be honest, that, that is kind of the, the brunt of the legacy of your is the shadows of your, you know, that they've taken on the name Dredgen and they've taken it on in a way because it's, it's, it's arguable about are they are they taking it on to further the works of your or are they taking it on to harness the power that your introduced without falling into darkness and i think that really kind of depends on the individual because callum or you know whoever callum whichever dredgen callum becomes callum definitely fell 
I, I don't think a lot of people would argue that Callum had fallen into darkness. He, he, you know, sacrifices his own ghost, uh, and ultimately doesn't have a lot of redeeming qualities from what we've seen so far. Uh, whereas though, you know, Bane or a uh, Tebin, Tebin almost seems to be more intellectually kind of plumbing the depths. I don't, I don't, I haven't seen anything from Tebin that kind of hints that Tebin was really as, as far gone as, uh, Orsa and Callum. Orsa kind of seems kind of on the same path as Callum, especially with the arguments with jagged purpose, uh, and the right of cleansing because there's uh so there's a couple quest steps there. Um, the harvest of the lesser feast upon the light cleansed by the light and where it began are the quest steps from the rise of iron. And each one of those comes with a quote specific to that particular aspect of the recreation of thorn from Orsa. And as you kind of get further into the quest, they, they definitely get a little bit more twisted, uh, as you can kind of see like the, the darkness kind of worming its way into, into their, their process there and then when you get to ghost fragment uh thorn five he comes out and he basically refers to the shadows of yore as new weapons of sorrow so you know orsa is one of those another one of those that's kind of like uh like (laughs) you know like i don't really know where he falls in the in the spectrum but i think tebin of of the three that we do know about i think tebin is probably the the lightest of the three whereas callum is the darkest I don't know, Beard, if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, I was going to actually just say I I pretty well agree with that idea because unfortunately, of course, we're not digging into Book of the Unmaking, but I think that a lot of that is actually showcased in there too, uh, assuming that all of it stays as it is and the way that we kind of have it presented right now. Uh, But that being said, without digging into that too much, uh, I do think that the way that even some of the early stuff with uh, the two of them, Teban and Orsa, Orsa seemed like he was more the, I guess, the heavier fighter, if you will. He was a little on the darker side. Teban has always seemed like the the slightly better one of them, in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he seems like he's out there for the value of the knowledge more than he is much else. Tebin honestly uh, kind of strikes me more as the warlock, which is weird because yeah. Orsa, I mean like, so Orsa is the one that's arguably the hunter. Tebin definitely, yeah. seen, and, and you like, it's, it to me, it's, it's an interesting dynamic because of all the hunters and warlocks that we've seen in game, the warlocks have always been the ones that kind of go into the dark end. Like, you know, like we have Tolan, we have uh, Osiris, arguably, you know, they're, they're kind of oh. the ones that knowledge kind of drives them insane. Whereas Tevin's kind of, I don't know, from what we've seen so far with Tevin, he's not, or they are not 100% lost. I don't think that relating them to Toland or Osiris is the best option, though. Fair. Uh, yeah, I, fair. Would, I would almost, like, may, maybe Toland, yes, but that's for a different reason. Warlocks embrace the idea of what it is they are looking into if we look at the void for instance they respect and kind of understand the path that they're going down when they look at the void uh, but even toland himself has has commented on the sun singer and the path that that presented for him uh previously as well so toland 
understands both sides of how the uh, inner workings of it kind of goes. Uh, I would almost relate it back to somebody like Pajari or Ulantan. Uh, they actually think back a little bit more on like the the heavier philosophies, if you will, of of how either death works or how the symmetry works, and all of these either deal with light and dark a little bit more. They're more the understandings of where they are. Meanwhile, to me, that makes the most sense of where like the the path and the order may go. Uh, for instance, just basing it off of that idea alone. Callum, to me, might be the Titan. He's the one that uses the power mm. but doesn't mm -hmm. fully understand it, if you will. Right, uh, yeah. It's the, it's the same thing as, like, what they talk about with uh, the way that Disintegrate works on the uh, Titan uh, Defender out of uh, D1. <laughs> Which is uh, still how one, they... of my, one of my favorite descriptions. <laughs> yeah, they, they basically... <laughs> They they use the same powers of the void as what warlocks do when they use life steal, but they put it on the outside of themselves instead of taking that life force into what do you, them. What do you think happens? Yeah, I love I love that uh, card. But then you end up having I I would almost say that Orso would be the hunter uh, again based on this assumption line of thinking because they're afraid of the void. Uh, they mm. they don't necessarily want to grab the bow. They don't necessarily want to work with it much. But after they start to kind of taste it, they they start to be a little bit more okay with that idea. Uh, and I know I'm I'm comparing everything to the void, and that is obviously, of course, what we are not going down. But it's the the dark power or an assumed dark power, if you will. Uh, from what we know of within the universe or kind of like a borderline idea. Uh, but that's, again, to me, kind of like where I'm sort of going with it. And then to get back to what I was talking about earlier, I would figure that Tebin would be the warlock uh, because that is effectively where you have somebody that understands what it is that they're looking into and they respect it. And for respecting it, they are basically kind of masking or protecting themselves a little bit more uh in quick relation i think about people that hunt ghosts as ghost hunters you go ahead and try to protect yourself with the as they say armor of god and whatnot uh it's the same kind of idea to kind of wrap it all together uh just to say i understand where this is going i understand what the implications of this may be uh but how you understand it and how you approach it of course can drastically vary in how that uh, difference in mannerism may fold. But anyway, that's where I'm, I'm kind of at with that. I think uh, we might have an instance where we have all three classes available right. to us, uh, barring the drifter and how that may end up going. But well, uh, and that's again, and that's I will a, leave those thoughts alone. <laughs> well, but I mean, I think though, I think that that is a good kind of segue into talking about the drifter a little bit too because you know is the I've, I've seen this up also brought up is like so one of the prevalent theories again kind of going back to reddit um rip rip sanity if you want to go down this rabbit hole uh is that the drifter apparently there's this this theory i i don't agree with it but i'm going to give it i'm going to give it the i'm going to bring it to the light of day to kind of let's see where it, how it holds water there's apparently a group that can you know, view the Drifter as Dredge and Veil. 
Um, which, okay. I mean, to give it, to give it credit here, I, I have my own theory about who the drifter is. Uh, I don't that I, yeah, it's not, it's not, I don't, I don't (laughs) think it's Vale. Um, but I can see where that connection is made on like on a high level. Uh, you know, I, I definitely can see that. Um, because, the the idea that Drifter is kind of the organizer and handing out titles of Dredgen with Gambit. Uh, he talks about his crew, which was, you know, very arguably, if not specifically Shadows, very closely affiliated with Shadows. He is known by by the Drifter's Gambit lore entries, as well as some of his own statements to have formerly run with Shadows. Um and with the Malfeasant or Malfeasant quest, we kind of learn that he actually does have a target on Shin's back a little bit as well. Um, now, that all being said, I think it goes back to the question, though, and Beard, I'm going to kind of ask you this to cure your thoughts. Do you think the Drifter is a shadow or do you think that he is just affiliated with the shadow and is using them to serve his own needs. Without giving too much of my theory away. (laughs) Oh, that's tough. Uh, Okay. I mean, like, do you, I mean, I, he is affiliated with the shadows like that, that part, I think like, well, I think that's that's without question. That's, that's there. But, like, do you think that he actually... Do you think that he is actually a dredgen? Or do you think that he is something else? Uh, I... No, I... I I think he practices that old hunter's uh, theory and theorem of being a storyteller. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that overall he is somebody that effectively likes to spin yarns or give reason for why things are the way that they are. Uh, but I think that overall he is not somebody that we have seen or heard of previously. Uh, but I do think, and, and Viru kind of touched base on something a little bit too, uh, a split personality theory kind of going on with the Drifter, oh. I think is very true. Okay. Uh, it is actually something that's been kind of mulling through my head for a little while but the high possibility that there are perhaps three residents as like a like now we're now we're dealing with uh different psychosis here we're we're dealing with multiple personality disorder uh which would actually explain quite a few things about a couple of guys that we've talked about previously with uh Dredgenior and then also Rizalazir uh, but it may also end up inflicting back on some other pieces that we've also thought of. Uh, again, tales, etc., of uh, also looking on Shin Malfur, uh, and then also looking at the Drifter. Uh, I'm I'm having this large thought that at this point, uh, Shin Malfur, uh, Rosilazir, and Dredgenior never existed. The events that may have created the thorn could have possibly existed, or this weapon may have existed previously that was recovered from some dark means. I mean, quite frankly, 
we look at the necrocosm, necrocosm was built from hive magic. We don't necessarily know that the entire origins of the hot of the of thorn come directly from that uh that there are tales and stories and mythos and bias mm-hmm. that presents itself in this regard and that's where this theory kind of presents itself we see it from like one or two perspectives uh and that's where i'm wondering if they didn't turn everything over for the drifter to effectively have him be more like this uh like he he's he's dropping personalities or is able to put them underneath for a while uh where like dredgen dredgen yor is effectively shut down if you will by shin malfur but shin malfur is uh another personality within that's kind of conflicting with your and whatnot and eventually wins uh and it would also tie back to why drifter knows exactly where callum is and then why he also has no idea why he's effectively now dead as well uh there's just several several things that just don't make a lot of sense that are actually tying back to this uh this this different occupational idea of like multiple personality disorder or or otherwise uh and in some cases as well uh the whole idea and interim if you will uh some people will also have change in their minds uh with multiple personality disorder mm-hmm. uh where their voices and their mannerisms will change completely oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if I look at something, somebody has already come back with me with the statement of, well, Callum sounds very different from Drifter. Doesn't mean a thing. The way that a voice can be treated or changed, you hear me with some of my impressions, quite frankly, I can do a fairly good impression of many different things. Uh, I can change my voice on the daily. I can go ahead and, and alter it to be how I want it to sound if I want to. Uh, it really comes down to what kind of conditioning I decide to do with my voice or what I decide to change on that day or how I decide to handle myself. If somebody is suffering from those disorders, then they're actually changing their, their ideas on the fly. They can change how they uh, present and handle, etc., the way that they do. Uh, but this comes back to a couple main and key pieces that we will find in again the uh the the letters from a renegade which are coming up soon we assume yeah hopefully uh, yeah and it also goes back to uh some spare possibilities of like who who or what etc things were previously uh it it also ties back to why the vanguard you'd have to figure the vanguard know that he's there it would tie back as to why they are okay with the drifter being there because they would see reason for him to be there and they would rather him be close than going off on another full crusade as obi-wan might say mm-hmm. uh but that's just the the main idea on like how i would at least kind of figure in that regard uh, there are are so many different pieces that don't necessarily add up of like why the drifter acts as he does, 
uh, or or why other characters kind of have acted, etc. I don't know. I I like the theory. I know there's still some holes with it, but unless you know that somebody has multiple personality, it's extremely difficult to peg when something changes or alters. Uh, mm-hmm. And until you see it in the act, it's almost impossible. Uh, except for like how Drifter changes in this like bipolar mannerism and the way that he does, willing to give us so much information and then shift off to not. Uh, it's just a really, he's a really weird character. And there has always been something off about him, but it's something that I trust about him. Uh, I think that would just be a really good like rabble point just to kind of bring it all together and be like, yeah, it's because he started all of these tales that ended up having some layer in fact or how the legend began and so on. Uh, and that's why they were ex- exemplified and blown up to the portion and point that they kind of were. Uh, and why now the, the shadows are looking back into who Yor was and how he's not really a a monster like so many indicate it, it was a way for Shin or the alter ego, if you will, of, of anything the drifter might've had to try to bury it all together. I, again, I can really just kind of keep going with all of this, but mm-hmm. there are plenty of things that you can argue back with me on. And I completely understand it. Uh, but I'm starting to just, I'm, I'm really wondering just how far off it goes. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like some of because the other thing, too, is to kind of, you know, one of the biggest counterpoints to that, too, is the drifter could be, you know, the reason we call it that. You know, I mean, you'll you'll right. You'll see where I'm going with this pretty quickly. But, you know, like the Joker as being an archetype there, you know, yeah. the Joker did things that was more chaotic than anything. I think that was one of the few pieces of the Dark Knight trilogy that I did appreciate with uh, uh, who was that? Heath Ledger. Uh, um, they he kind of really personified that that chaotic figure of like he's like i don't even know what i'm gonna do and that was kind of the thing with you know he he was certifiably insane but that was also he didn't really have a you know to kind of counterpoint he didn't really have a split personality he just was kind of insane like he didn't he didn't think about chaos (laughs) all it takes is a little push like oh my god some of the my, some of my favorites like but it's but i mean like so like as far as like drifter goes you know it could be also that he's just snapped like there there's there's also the possibility yeah. that you know if if the story now this this begs the question then obviously does the drifter stories actually hold water about like the creatures of the darkness and or the creatures who neutralize light or whatever um you know if if they actually did encounter something like that, then it could also be argued that he's he's not all hundred percent up. You know, he's not all there, um, which is also a, a potential explanation of why he flip flops so willy nilly. Is he's just kind of living in the moment? He's not really paying attention to what's going on really a hundred percent around him. But then you have things like the Malfians request where he's like calling the shadows to kind of come team shot Shin. You know, he's like, you know, if all of us take a single shot, then we can take him down, you know, one-on-one we can't take him, but you know, getting, getting it to the point where they, 
he's kind of calling to arms the idea of of putting Shin down or putting the 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 man with the golden gun as they refer to him. Yeah. Meanwhile, we have the again the climax of uh, letters from a renegade and. Right. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Well, along with it all... it, yeah. And it's like, and I, I totally see where you're coming from. I see. I mean, like I said, like the theory is, is at this point, given what we know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'd love to be able to say uh, with as much comfort as I can say that Dredge and Yor was Rezal Azir. Right. I mean, that's, that's been confirmed within the content. Now, whether or not there's further implications is still to be seen that that story is still evolving. But we do know that facet to be, you know, that connection exists. That connection is a one-to-one ratio. We don't have any more assumptions about who that is. But now, you know, as you kind of brought up, does that mean that necessarily that's the only connection? You know, like that we don't know that necessarily. But I can't say definitively that, you know, the Drifter's not Orsa, though it to to be honest, I think there that there would be a lot of finagling as far as like timeline explanations needed uh, to explain how Orsa was present when the Drifter wasn't present, and how people who knew Orsa, you know, I, I think there's a lot there. I, I think there's there's more holes than there isn't on that particular theory. Just me personally, I think. Um, now, does that mean that it's impossible to explain away? No. Not at all. We don't know enough about either of them for, you know, all it takes is a bit of backfilling of information and, and reconnecting of certain things. And it makes, it can make sense. Like I'm so, um, but yeah, I mean, and that's and and Dino in chat is exactly right there. Why would there need to be any finagling? Drifter is a, like, is a habitual liar. Like, right. That that is that of all the characteristics about Drifter, that is one of the ones that everyone can agree to is a hundred percent certain is that you can't really trust anything that he says because there's a really okay. strong chance that he's just lying and there's not necessarily anything that he's gaining from it. Yeah, I'm gonna say Eva Levante said the same thing, and again, I would like to think that she is a fairly good judge of character, but uh you know this thought that maybe he's uh may maybe there is something about him that she doesn't trust but she doesn't wholeheartedly say like i know a snake when i see one <laughs> there's something off about him but i can't put my finger on it and usually that's what you end up getting with some that have uh, cer- certain mental disorders. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, yeah. In a lot of cases, you, it's just one of those things you don't necessarily understand the extent of it. Uh, and meanwhile, we live in this uh, in this golden age where we we still see that like mental disorders are very much still a thing. Like they're they're not in the same way, but anyway, I'm going. Well, I mean the again. the concept of like a PTSD in Destiny is right. a very big thing. I mean, like, and I I wholeheartedly have no problem with the storyline having characters with that affliction because if you just kind of take a step back and look at the event, like just just looking at the events that have happened in game in the in in the past two or three years, because. You know, it's it's roughly a one to one correlation with our time and destiny time. You know, there has been to to put it lightly, a lot 
that has happened in that short span of time. I mean, that's not even taking into account the whole, you know, apocalypse that was the collapse, the, you know, the the destruction that rained down upon humanity during that point in time, the dark ages where, you know, the rules of physics were rewritten with the risen and everything that everyone knew was turned upside down and stripped away. You know, there is there is good reason for people to have issues with with reality right now, I think, in Destiny. Um, and and to be to be frank, the fact that there are people who don't or who are able to continue existing on a day to day basis like Eva, like Amanda, you know, and these are just normal citizens like these aren't these aren't special like or they're special not not that but they're not like guardians they're not like superpower or superhuman cre- uh, entities these are regular citizens like eva is a is a mortal person amanda is a mortal human and you know not only are they not only are they operating you know arguably okay they're actually in in some ways thriving right it's that hope, that hope that, you know, is such a such a drug in destiny and it's what's what's so enticing to me as a as a person looking into the game world is this this idea of this light that just refuses to go out. And I think that kinda to kinda pull it back into, you know, the the concept of what dredgen, you know, what the dredgens and the shadows of yore and all them were looking at is like with regards to that that light that cat the, that shadow that is cast by the fair figure of dredging Yor, the shadows of Yor, the legacy of his name you know how does that fall into play with our guardian right and i know i kind of had a a point here to talk about like the progression of corruption and like and that kind of ties back into the um the rite of cleansing which we kind of talked about a little bit and I really want to talk, uh, I really want to read real quick. Uh, this is actually one of the early uh, entries from Tebin's journals. It's the Grimoire card, The Shadows of Yore. And Tebin has, Tebin writes, They tried to hide the truth, but we followed its winding path, pieced together the fragmented map of events across time and space, quite literally, mind you. From Traveler's Shadow to the dark corridors beneath the moon and the long, harrowing journey back again. From the sickness inflicted upon the crucible to the breaking of light on the red sands. From a forgotten settlement in the west to the horrors of North Channel and Velar. From the wilds of the Breaklands to the hateful cold of Durga. Finally then, to Dwindler's Ridge, where darkness met pure angry fire. We've traced your steps from beginning to end and back again. We've studied his reign, the terror he seated, the violence he wrought as if free of conscience, only to discover a true and terrible thing. He was not simply the monsters, the monster the legends claim him to be. Though in finding this truth, we've come to understand the desire to build an armor of false narrative around all he'd done, all he'd become. Yet that understanding, our understanding of the need to control yours mythology, should not be seen as agreement on the matter, quite the opposite actually. When viewed as he truly was, not as he has imagined, we challenge the known mythologized depiction of the man who was Dredgen Yor. In our estimation, the monster so many see was, in fact, the best of us, his sacrifice total, his vile means meant to carve a greater end. 
They hide this truth because they fear the consequences of those who would dare follow in his footsteps. To tempt the darkness, to allow one's light to be tainted. Few could walk that ledge and not fall completely into despair. And while theories exist to support or contradict the purity of the gift we wield, yours life offers a glimpse into unexplored possibility. Orsa agrees. He also believes, as I do, that there is a manner in which we may be able to replicate yours damnation while avoiding the same heavy toll. We will surely be judged for what it is we are about to achieve, and there will surely come a time when the lone gunman will want words, or worse. But now we go upon an old path, one we seek to make our own, and should we fail, may the light avenge all those who we make to suffer. Um, so, I mean, this this is really kind of the the point where you kind of see Tebin almost making a... a justification for the 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 shadow's existence right uh and and it kind of ties into the 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 quote from uh i believe it's the parables of the allspring where you know walk into the darkness with strength to return to the light and you get that a bit with the symmetry too right it's not just uh it's not just osiris and uh rezel here that have mentioned this kind of concept of crossing into the other side and back the symmetry also talks about the balance, you know, the importance of the balance between the dark and the light and the, the guardian who potentially could do both. And so that's kind of the progression. I kind of, I kind of regard this or I kind of view this as uh, the progression of corruption. You're like, is, is it, is corruption necessarily a bad thing if you can control it? Right. And that's what Orsa is constantly kind of from, from when we, from what we assume we hear from Orsa He's constantly being like, yeah, you know, we've tied, we've tamed it, we've tamed the darkness, we've we've um, uh, we've purified the rites of cleansing, which is to create new thorns, but to not allow those thorns to uh, to infect you, really. Uh, with within uh, Ghost Fragment Thorn Five, he uh, we hear the refer- reference to taming of the sickness. Uh, he says, we have tamed the sickness, broken it with unwilling sacrifice, which that line alone is disturbing. But to go on, it says, now we claim our reward. Have you heard the whispers, brothers, sister? The shadow speaks. All we have to do is listen. Its secrets are a gift. Its gift are evolution. The others misunderstand. We are the weapons of sorrow, living and free, the hated heroes of this broken age. So, I mean, lot to kind of unpack there um which is where you kind of start seeing the uh psychosis i guess would be the best term for it uh the the split from reality that veil or orsa is kind of falling in is like it's 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 like an evolution of a sociopath in a way, and I mean the sociopath in the, like the clinical definition of a individual who is not able to empathize with others. Right? It's it's a it's an individual who who sees sees other entities as nothing more than uh, uh, figures within the world that do not have in and of themselves their own sentience or conscience. Like they they are just tools. They are just pieces of the world around them. 
Uh, and you kind of see this argument by Orsa here with Thorn Five when he refers to unwilling sacrifice. So they're they're they are using others to further define what it is to be, you know, a shadow of your to kind of further their own evolution they, without without consideration of the individual who who they are afflicting with the punishment of that sacrifice. And, and this is where you kind of start seeing the transcendence into what would arguably be the sickness that supposedly they are taming. Because by be, by becoming a weapon of sorrow, you are necessarily you are you are infecting yourself with a darkness that is that is corrupting the light and so you can't then say that you have tamed the darkness if the darkness is is tainting you to that degree i think is my kind of my point of view there um and beard i don't know if you have any i <laughs> don't know if you have any thoughts on that one i mean that's honestly about on the same general idea that i have as well there's i've i've talked about it several times previously as well and i'm kind of uh i I'm concerned isn't the word i'm trying to think of the proper word here but i'm i'm intrigued by the fact that uh they're they're going along this line even more mm-hmm. uh but like uh the the shades of gray idea Mm-hmm. is really starting to become more commonplace as we kind of go along uh releasing these ideas of a dark mirror uh and then of course seeing how our guardian acts as destiny 2 kind of progresses uh, especially through forsaken and whatnot oh, yeah uh i i continue to sit back and think that we are being presented a different story with forsaken thanks to some of the marketing material but also just because of the absolute difference in tone uh, that is now presented in how the the game's world is kind of shown. Uh, But I really do hope when all is said and done that they continue down that line uh, where our guardian kind of skirts this idea of light and dark and how it is uh, a, a very thin line, as Aldrin says before he gets cracked. Uh, <laughs> I I really I really do appreciate that they're kind of going down that thinking though because it continues to showcase both sides point of view very well uh and it continues to at least show that like one is very prevalent in one side uh or or maybe less so than we even think because if we look at somebody like Ikora who is the iconoclastic one uh she has that bit of darkness inside of her as well, if we're going by a personality sort of side. Uh, and then some can argue that even though he's looking out for the best interests of the city, Zavala kind of has that same sort of idea as well, making the heavy sacrificial moves that he kind of needs to do, but it's not in general order of like what you would kind of expect on it. And it it still comes down to point of view and perspective overall. Uh, and that's, I think, where the where these theories, of course, especially with like how the shadows are kind of conducting their uh, general business. It's not business, but it's the best word I can think of uh, as they kind of go through their their day to day stuff, figuring out the the entities of Yor uh, and whatnot. 
uh, that's what I kind of think is the important piece is that they've taken it that step farther where some of the others we already know have already gone slightly down the path. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, kind of talking about the Forsaken piece, I think the seed of it was actually really even back within Vanilla Destiny 2, right? Yeah. I mean, when they when they presented Gaul, right, they presented Gaul as the hero of his own story. And, and you know, Beard, I know you're going to kind of agree with this, but the best villains are the ones who are heroes in their own story because that means there's depth. That means that they, you, you, and I think that's kind of where we see, that's where I'm, I'm hoping kind of that they're going to take this. Like, even if ultimately the shadows aren't quote unquote, the villains that, you know, they're kind of being led to be portrayed as, because like, let's, let's look at, uh, just real quick. Let me walk through the, uh, the right of cleansing, right. Or the, sorry, the, the jagged, uh, jagged purpose quest. Uh, it starts with us getting basically turned in bounties and eventually you get this this quest called Jagged Purpose. Uh, and the first step is a task called um, Harvest of the Lesser, uh, which is, I believe, uh, is the Echoes of Darkness is what's coming up. But um, the quote is, a sickness is needed bound in darkness. Bathe your light in horrors that their stain may linger but not overwhelm. This is the first step upon the hated path. That's from so all these quotes are going to be from Dredge and Vale, just real quick. Um, and then the second quote is there will be suffering, but know that you do this for a just cause. If the darkness is to be defeated, it must be understood. The void will siphon that which the weapon needs, and the weapon will feast. And then we get uh, the next one is willful death and destruction leads to the dimming of one's light. Those who walk this path must cleanse themselves or succumb to the shadow's influence. And then finally, the sickness is seated. Claim the ashen bone of the unwed from their resting place. Bind them to your cannon that the disease may take hold and your jagged thorns be set. So you see right here, even in those, even in those four quotes, there's, there's definitely darkness, right? There's definitely that dark corrosion. There's that dark uh, influence. But then there's that one step there where it's like cleansed by the light. It's like, what, what is this? Um Cleansed by the light, literally, you can, and this is back in Destiny 1, so keep that in mind too, but you, you literally consumed motes of light to, to quote, cleanse yourself and the weapon. So this is similar to the original A Light in the Darkness quest, where we actually took the uh, original frame, or the thorn frame, to the speaker. And did this, did similar thing, like, they basically force-fed this weapon, which is kind of been presented as a, as a, uh, to a degree sentient thing, um, they force fed it motes of light to cleanse it from the darkness that it had been feasting upon with the death of guardians and other creatures. Um, and then ultimately you kind of, you again, in the same vein as a light in the dark with jagged purpose, you have to go to the summoning pits, which is also where they renamed Fogoth, which was kind of a point of contention for me. But, you know, they, they had to, you had to go and you had to face down Zior, who is the corrupter of Rezel uh, from the, I believe it was, which was it? Which one was it? Um... I just blanked on the card that it was. It was one of the Resol. I think it was like the third Resolazir card. Um, Rosenbone? No, Rosenbone is the ship, right? 
Yeah, that's the ship. That's the ship. Okay. Anyways, I think it's like the third. It's the third card in the Rezal Azir uh, story. Um, but so like Azir is like the the unwed basically um, who corrupts Rezal. And then you have to defeat that individ- that that wizard. It's a wizard in the summoning pits. You have to defeat it, and once you defeat her, you get Thorn, and hey, everyone is happy, right? Um, but we see here that even here you have that kind of that that dynamic perspective that what they are doing is. They're sacrifice. They're they're sacrificing people in the short term to save them in the long term. I guess is the the most concise way of kind of explaining what I'm understanding them to be to be trying to justify what they're doing here. Is like because they they start out with Ghost Fragment Thorn Five or Ghost Fragment Thorn Five, and they're like, yeah, we we performed unwilling sacrifice. Okay, so the term unwilling sacrifice is like a huge point of contention for me because that (laughs) there's no good way to use that term i i can't think of a way of like hey we need some unwilling sacrifices that by definition means that you're not going to agree with whatever i'm about to give or whatever i'm about to do to you right i mean like you 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 just yeah you just can't do that uh, thank you, Dino. Legend of Mysteries wrestles here is the one with your. Uh, so, like, there, there's in order to do this, this quote tamed infection, you have to. I don't know. For me, it, it's it's a it's a moral thing. It's it's the it's the old age old argument. Does the end justify the means? Right. Mm-hmm. Um. I think the shadows have the argument that the end does justify the means. And the problem here is that that's all great and good, but when the means requires the sacrifice of a, of a person, that's a problem. And, and that is when you have to think long and hard about what exactly it is that you're trying to do, because I think from a from like a philosophical standpoint, from a moral standpoint, you know, that begs the question, does the end justify the mean? Does are you justified? Is anyone justified in sacrificing another living creature in order to quote unquote arbitrarily quote unquote save a species? Like yeah, you know, like what at what point does does that sacrifice become acceptable and what point does it become unacceptable and i know this is kind of a a thin ice topic that can really easily transition to into real world um which is i think also where it's so intriguing to me from from my perspective is because this is something that i know people struggle with like in in reality this is a this is a concept that people struggle with um you know i I, well it's uh old age debate if you will yeah one of course that uh you can go back to if you're a star trek fan very easily the mm-hmm. needs of the many versus the needs of the few right right uh, and and yeah exactly and again uh, yeah because it, it, where does the balance exist between the needs of the many and the needs of the individual what is more what is more sacred right does is there is there a tipping point and and this is something that 
throughout the history, uh, throughout documented philosophical debates, um, it's it's been an argument from both sides. Uh, there's there's always going to be an argument from one side or the other, and you know, in modern modern world, you have uh, the debate over the death penalty. Uh, we have you know in here in America, there's there's like the pro life pro choice debate. Um, I'm not going to weigh in on that, but I, I mean these these are modern examples. Um, in in more historical times, you have military situations. Uh, you know, Beard, your your one of your favorite authors, Sun Tzu. You know, like this is stri- this is strategy. Like, at what point does the sacrifice of a squad is that justified to save an army? You know, like who who is who is who is fit to make those determinations? Um, and this is ultimately where you kind of get into the the I would say even discomfort of some of the topics that the existence of the shadows bring up for players. And and it's it's something that you should be kind of uncomfortable with is if you start thinking about, you know, your creation of a weapon of sorrow is is in and of itself creating sorrow. That is why it's called a weapon of sorrow. And that will kind of actually transist into, I guess, arguably one of my finer, my final points that I really did want to bring up, uh, is the, the impact, the, the effect of our characters now being given the title of Dredgen. Like, what does that mean for us as as uh, guardians i guess in the in the world of destiny that we have done the necessary steps to be referred to as a dredgen by other characters because ultimately that's what it is right that that is what we see with the final quote from uh the drifter he basically is like you know you're a dredgen now pick your name uh, you, you've been given that, uh, we get the information, you know, and, and there's, there's this information from the drifters gambit lore entries where you see the renegade basically say, basically call out, Hey, if anyone starts calling them dredgen, you know, let me know because I need to have words with them, which that doesn't set the stage for anything at all. You know, that's, that's not setting up stuff for awkward conversations. And so, but but it also and beard I, I really want to hear your thoughts on this because it also sets up the possibility of a dynamic story in game mm-hmm. because not everyone is going to have the dredgen title so to, i mean like from from like a a fourth from a fourth wall perspective I, I can't help but be like, so does that mean that there's going to be different lines of odd of dialogue if you have a dredgen title or if you don't, if you haven't, if you don't have that little, you know, checkbox ticked, we don't have to deal with the snarkiness from, from characters that we might have to with Joker's Gambit. Like, you know, what, what's, what's going to go on there? I'm going to say, which, you know, it still begs the question on how, you perform certain content if you do or not. Uh, there are actually two types of shadows that, of course, we would partake in or understand when it comes to Destiny, especially. 
Uh, for instance, we have, of course, the Shadows of Yore, but we also have <laughs> Sorry, the... Chad. Is that why Green's missing tonight? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Might be able to find her in a ditch somewhere. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um... Sorry, I had to, I'm sorry for interrupting. I just saw that from Black Flag, and I was like, oh, that has to be called out. Uh, I wanted I wanted to kind of wait to see how chat would uh, react to that one. Good, good. I'm glad everybody's giggling. Um, so, again, there's the Shadows of Yore that we have, of course, but there's also, too, the, uh, the Shadows of Callus. Uh, mm, and these mm-hmm. are both uh, measures that we kind of have in terms of like how our paths kind of deviate from where the norms are. Uh, these are ways that we kind of can influence how our legend and legacy is written and built uh, in terms of like what actions we've taken as a person. Uh, the same thing can be said of like how you are as a human being, though, as well, you know investigating what actions you take, what it is you do, uh, stuff of that nature can really impact uh, who effectively you are or how it is you are perceived by those outwardly. Uh, I don't really need to look far in terms of telling you like where you can look in that respect. Uh, American politics is a very big one right now. It's also a very easy topic to dig into. Uh, and how people kind of uh, look into perspective. Uh, could just be it's very much in my mind right now. I don't know which. But in that regard, like, you can you could pretty well take a lot of different facets. Uh, think about a uh, military leader, if you will, and how they are kind of uh, labeled or how they, uh, how they effectively are viewed uh, for their decisions that they otherwise make. You know, what, what is it that makes somebody a dredging or a, a shadow or, or otherwise? Anyway, whole convoluted thing, line of thought, etc., that kind of just lines back, like, are we going to see this as a possibility? Maybe. I'd like for it to be. Uh, because technically, if I don't get the dredging title, but I've dabbled in Gambit, then maybe somebody can be like, Oh man, it's a really good thing you didn't keep going down that line because it looks like that was just the the worst way possible. <laughs> All of a sudden, I find out oh, being a dredgen actually was the thing that would have made the most sense. Right. Because well, and that's and, right, as a yeah. as a title, uh, or or, or dredgen even as a title, like dredgen, dredgen bothers me that we receive that as the title because dredgen is uh, what is it the Infinite Abyss, I think. Uh, is what Abyss. It is. No, Abyss is, I think. Abyss. So Dredgen okay. Yore is infinite, or the Infinite Abyss. And Dredgen, yeah. Dredgen is, is just... Abyss. Okay. Which, like, I, I'm still, yeah, I still play with the translation of that because I'm like, but, it, like, what is, but yeah, it's it's the Abyss. Well, it, how, how often do two names go together that also change the meaning of a. Oh yeah, um, a right sir right. or prefix name as well. Never, it uh, I mean, never happens. It never happens. Never. <laughs> uh, like it could be Dredgen Vale is something completely different in that regard. Dredgen right. Corsa could be something completely in that regard as well, um, etc. The yeah. the the biggest thing though in in terms of what I mean by this, uh, 
I've I've brought it up already. We see these these concepts of gray. Uh, they are referred to as shadows of your. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A shadow means you're kind of playing with the darkness. A shadow is something that light can cast. However, it is something that you can still see through. And you can see down into the the like the grass that you're looking down into or otherwise. Like light is still prevalent. It's still kind of there. So wait, it's it's like a penumbra. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> you know, Imagine like that. A, yeah, it, it's kind of like a, a shade of gray or something like that. But that's where I I kind of wanted to to bring it. Like these these ideas and how we have presented ourselves as guardians and whatnot. I'm certainly interested to see where they kind of go. Uh, the the gathering of shadows can also be a completely different aspect especially considering there isn't just one uh dredgen per this moment as it seems uh there are multiple viewpoints that seem to be culminating from all of them just so on uh that's where i i kind of would like to see that we do something different but with how dark all of the newer uh content is that seems like it's coming down the line with joker's wild and penumbra uh, and then, of course, still looking into uh, the Dreaming City and our impact on Forsaken, uh, it's kind of silly to sit back and think that Black Armory was probably the most light-worthy endeavor that I think we've had since what we had seen with the uh, with the, the base campaign of Destiny 2, uh, or arguably with Rise of Iron. Uh, Black Armory was probably one of the more... It, it's, it's, of course listed into weapons but the city and foundries focus so heavily on equipment that it doesn't surprise me uh it's just it's just interesting how that all seems to flip but yet it's the one that absolutely reflects the idea of black in in its name indicating something of darkness or or something related to it meanwhile it's probably the most light thing that we've we've kind of seen and terms of what's to come i just find it interesting or significant weird i don't know which but well and the other thing too that i find that i just find interesting about you know the concept of the shadows of yore kind of going back to that real quick is that from the get-go dredgen yore described himself as the first the sole forebearer and last descendant of the name Yor, the first and only yeah. of his family. Yet now we have, we we kind of you know it, it's to me interesting because like he he presented uh, Rezel, you know, and I think uh, Dino said this in chat too. Like Rez, Rezel chose the name Dredge and Yor because he wanted to dehumanize himself. He wanted to become a natural disaster, like in a way. He wanted to consume the hope. He wanted to, you know, be the storm against which nothing could survive. And well, as Ward's ghost says, he says he's a force of nature. Right. Yeah. And and exactly. But it's interesting because within uh, Ghost Fragment Thorn, it's described as the first and only of his family, the full, the sole forebearer and last descendant of the name Yor. But now with the shadows of Yor, you can see that that's that's not true. It's not, he's not the descent, he's not the last descendant of the name Yor, because others have taken his title, others have taken his name, and in in regards to, like, family heritage and stuff like that, or lineage, 
that's what it is, right? That's that's what family names is. That's why in certain cultures, like you know, the Far East, you have the first name or the the first name of a person's name is actually their family name. Uh, it's actually more of a Western tradition to have your individual name first and then your family name. It's which which is a a, a social you know commentary there to be said, but like that's to me is really interesting because your started this path and he intended to be the only one like he, he started with the, the understanding that he was the last the first and the last. And yet now we see that he wasn't the last, he might've been the first, but he's not the last. I think that's an interesting dynamic to be, to be that I'm hoping to, that they kind of explore as well is like, well, and in the same, is it like uh, we're we're seeing it from a very um, English theming with the way that they have the the name written out? Mm-hmm. Is it uh, technically more like something like a Japanese or Chinese name orientation, where the the last name is first? Right. That's what I mean. And is like the first name is is second. Okay. Right, I, because I similar, to, yeah, 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 similar, similar, uh, similar to, uh, I know this is, you know, I've made this comment, I know a lot of people in chat have made this comment already tonight, um, but Dredgen is akin to Darth, right, in Star Wars, yeah. uh, you you have Darth Vader, well, Darth I Bane. Mean, we only have Darth Bane in here already, right, like, why right. not? I mean, why not? I mean, come on, come <laughs> on, it's not like he was a cool character or anything, but like, I mean, still, you know. Still waiting for Maul to make his appearance again, yes. I yes. Mean, we all know that Maul just pops up out of freaking nowhere. I'm looking at you, Solo. <laughs> I love that he gave him back his robot legs. Um, oh, but like, anyway. but I mean, but in the same in the same vein too, like the 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 title Dredgen is a title. It's it's recognized as such, and so the individual name, yes, would be your. There is not another your, but you know, classically, Darth Vader is the first and only of the Vader, you know, that they, they take those individual titles to, to individualize themselves, but they then also are only referred to as Darth, you know, Vader, Darth Bane, Darth Maul, same here, Dredgen Yor, Dredgen Vale, Dredgen Bane, like, so there is a, there is a, a family in the in the sense that they are allied through the first term, but then there is the individual, which I think is where you were kind of saying is like the more Eastern. Um, is it etymology? I guess I don't know if yeah, that would that would be there. Uh, the structure, right, of the naming conventions naming within structure. there. Um, but yeah, and so that's where I, I just find that interesting that Dredgenor is kind of introduced the Dredgenor from the very beginning really was introduced to us as the first and only of his name. And yeah. yet now we find with the shadows of yore that, you know, that might not be the case anymore. Like it, it's like, and it, and then that begs the question, dude, the shadows of yore, are they really just shadows? Do they even really understand the powers with which they're playing with? Which is another thing I think uh chat's talking about right now is like, you know, the shadow, I mean, kind of what you were saying, the shadow is cast in regards to another. Like they are, they are a pale comparison to the actual thing being of the thing which cast the shadow. 
I mean, it goes back to what I was saying about the drifter and the dissociative personality right, right. Uh, disorder. If the hope was to create this tale and stop it with that alone as to be a cautionary tale, uh, not the one with Asher and Eris, by the way, uh, then at that point, it makes me wonder how uh, it effectively was supposed to stop these kind of instances, or was it made uh, for the thoughts of weeding people out like this, which is Shin's seemingly ultimate goal, uh, which, again, I love to dig into with those letters but I'm oh yeah gonna of course bring that next, week. next week <laughs> next week next next can't week. wait i'm right there with you because oh yeah. the what what we are talking about now with the evolution of this story uh obviously it is no uh it, it's no secret of course that the last word is coming back it's, uh, it's as where, as Bungie refers to the hand cannon shaped elephant in the room. Yeah, I love that. Like all of <laughs> all of these uh, implications that we're talking about now, that we're kind of hinting at, uh, they go much further than just this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very important that you understand where the basis and all of this, of course, comes from. Uh, but it doesn't stop here. Uh, and granted, I'm sure you know after over 140 episodes to begin with, of course, it's not going to stop here. Uh, This tale continues to unfurl, and we've been talking about it for four years now. Uh, It just continues to be a a different thing overall. Yeah. So, Uh, so on that, on that note real quick, I did a, I did a date calculation from when we first talked about your, and I kind of did the same thing when we talked to John, uh, which, by the way, if you guys haven't listened to the behind the scenes episode, we talked to John Goff, who was the is the writer behind this whole thing. Uh, the, uh, the, I'll link that in the show notes this this time. But it has been two years, 11 months and nine days since we had the first episode about Dredge and Yor. And Sheesh. it is still <laughs> not one of, if not the, one of my most, like, deeply interested hooks in this game is this story. Like, this story is just fascinating on so many different facets. But yeah, I mean, like, we have had drip-fed information from Yor and Ward and Malfur and now the Shadows. Like, we've, we've had this information being drip-fed to us from day one of Destiny 1. Like there, there was in the original release with the original grimoire that was dropped. There was a, a good amount of information. Um, you know, it, it's just like from day one, this has been one of those just un- foundational stories that has been kind of in the back background, just kind of gathering steam, if you will. And now we're start we're starting to. I don't even think we're at the point where I would say it's getting to the climax of the story. I think it's just starting to get to the point where it's starting to gain enough pressure that people are like, Hey, what's that? What, what's, what's this thing that's going on over here? Like I, I, there's so much potential with this story. It will highly depend on actions that are taken on the 29th. Right. Uh, I think with the, 
quest line that may exist or what uh, may be presented. That's effectively what I'm kind of worried about right now, is to see where or how that's going to present or, or carry on. Right, um, and and that's yeah, that's that's a true. We, we, I kind of I'm trying to curb my expectations too because I know to be to be fair to developers for gameplay purposes, there's there is only so much you can do, right? You know, you can definitely do a lot more in in uh, text than you can within the game world, I guess that you interact with. So it, it right. there's a fine balance there as well, for sure. Well, and considering that I know for some this is the way that they would have effectively not like to see this all played out, but everything that we have heard about and read about with the Shadows of Yore, uh, with Shin Malfur, uh, Rizal Azir, etc., all of these characters uh, have effectively been written out on pieces of paper or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have never actually fully seen any of the implications that may have like cropped up from them, uh, save for possibly now, of course, with the Drifter, uh, and definitely with almost like full confirmation with Callum. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even then, we are hearing those events in post more than we are actually... Uh, seeing the events play out entirely. Uh, I know for some that's kind of a disappointing moment where they're not able to actually see things go on. But for me, that's where it's pretty well always been and how it's always been. Uh, And I almost would prefer that they leave it like that Mm -hmm. just so it doesn't kind of break the way that the standard has been going. Because granted, it does right. completely play into the theory that I have going on anyway. Well, uh, and then, you know, that's just a, a story and a tale. If that is their oh, effective yeah, nature that they're looking for, that's true. Yeah, that that is that's a valid point. There's also there's also the fear. I think I think you know I I kind of get the feeling that a lot. I know a lot of people that <clears throat> we talk to. This is this is a very close to the heart story for a lot of people like the story of thorn and the last word within the lore community is something that for a good i mean a good amount of people got hooked to destiny because of this story like right this story is the the crux of the reason that a lot of people um you know got involved you know i know we talked about this with purple last week uh i know pins uh he he he, this is a huge thing for him and so i think there's also that that uh slight nervousness you know whenever you say this is my favorite book and they're making a movie what's gonna go you know that's gonna that's gonna go perfectly (laughs) that always works out the best it always is perfectly translated into a movie the hobbit was a perfectly (laughs) translated film what black tower what from oh yeah totally no it it was it was a perfect trilogy that absolutely (laughs) needed to be made from one of the most concise and interesting hobbit books uh or or lord of the rings books that Tolkien ever wrote. They were absolutely <laughs> worthwhile in every second of watching. Leave the necromancer if alone, okay? If you can't catch my sarcasm, <laughs> then I think you missed the train. <laughs> but I, I think that might be where some of the nervousness... I the mean, Hogwarts. Cause... I missed that option, I'm sorry. 
I mean, I think as far as like some of the apprehension that I'm at least sensing is it's so I mean, all you have to do is look look at the contention contentious response that the idea that the identity of Reslazir and Dredgen Yor creates. Like just right. I mean, like I said at the top of the show, it's still apparently a debate. Like, which I I find kind of fascinating, but I mean, or not fascinating, but I I don't know, like infuriating, infuriating, yeah, infuriating, I think, because I mean, the, and what I mean by that is that there are still a lot of players who refuse to think of Dredgen as anything other than a hunter. And, and while I can see where that misconception is being stemmed from. I, I totally get that. We do have additional information that has been given to us that do does confirm that that was an entirely cognizant misdirect, not just on the part of the writers, but actually of direct of your himself. Like they, they, that character specifically created those misdirections to further people off from the, or, or those were created to kind of lure people away from the truth of his story, right? Even in the game, we have been we have we have to be cognizant of false trails of rabbit holes, as as Chat's talking about right now. So, yeah, you know that nervousness going into this next week, I think, is going to be. I, I just I do want to reiterate, you know, hold it, you know, like hold the expectations a little bit, and just wait and see how it goes because translating what has been in text into gameplay it's it's a it's a it's a tough tough thing to do and you know i just i don't want people to get i just don't want people to get upset and be like this is just terrible it's like it's it's just you know it's it's translating the storytelling into a slightly different medium something might get lost in translation that doesn't necessarily mean it's always going to be lost because we can always get retranslations later is all i'm saying Either that or good old-fashioned clarification. Yeah. Yeah. Because one thing to always remember about this story to begin with, and I will always effectively bring it up, the idea of canon. We've talked about Star Wars on this episode enough, so I may as well talk about that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Canon for Star Wars had to be uh, written out uh, signed and sealed pretty well in triplicate by any and all that have been involved in the main projects to ensure that the accuracy was written and was listed there. Anything past this would effectively be called a retcon. Uh, because now, instead of just having a writing bed, if you will, or a writing from a main scheme that they're following... Now they have a set lore involved. Uh, to my knowledge, that's never been done with Destiny. And when all is said and done, that effectively means that this story is being presented from the writers in a lot of different perspectives and ways that they're presenting themselves. So there is no set in-stone way that things are supposed to work. Uh, as we know, the darkness was effectively not written out, but not told to us uh, at the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't want to really dig into that story or tale all that much. Uh, I would argue to say that we're kind of getting into that the further that we kind of go, but 
it's taken a while for us to get there, is basically how that all kind of stems and plays and changes. But it's just to stress the point, anything that we may say on here is subject to alter or change. Uh, same with anything that anybody else may say. Uh, this is why it is a theory and not a factorum, which really isn't the proper word for it, but I, I, I say it often enough, like, the theory of relativity is a theory because there may still be ways to disprove it or change it. Uh, and that's basically how the writers are kind of operating as well in their same kind of assumptive uh, play, if you will. They're still working off of what they have and kind of just building and changing it. Maybe eventually there will be something that will uh, have a a written out, signed and sealed in uh, triplicate instance uh, where suddenly Destiny has a full-fledged understood lore on where it's supposed to go. Uh, problem is we probably still won't even see that book because it'll still be mired in mystery and, and whatnot, but they will at least have a guide on what they need to go by. Uh, with so many different things that have happened with the story over the last several years, I, I do not see Destiny as anything more of like a, a passion or fan project that's being written by several different people, uh, but these stories are still incredibly interesting and tell a tale that, uh, especially with the linking threads that are between them, uh, all kind of just fall in line. So for me, that's where I just wanted to kind of stress like how the stories and tales and so on that we listen to or talk about here, they're all they're all subject to change no matter what we present or what we talk about. Yeah, I think that's a <clears throat> that's a a good note to kind of start wrapping up too on is you know exactly that. I, I mean, I can't really summarize really what we do much better than that either. Um, I, I feel like I've done this now like twice or three times in a row. I don't mean to. No, no. I mean, it's it's just <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to let you just lead the charge on the segue into shout outs. You know, that's that's entirely OK. You're much better at it than I am. Um, <laughs> but but like, I mean, right. And yeah. And, you know, chat right now we're talking, you know, about the the split personality theory. And so it's just like yeah. but the, the I agree 100 percent. Like at the end of the day, this is our interpretation of of a story, which it's it's artistic representation. Right. You know, it's 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 I bring to the table my experiences and I understand things through my my bias. I don't expect anyone else to necessarily have the same point of view as I do, but I think it's I I find it silly to be upset. I guess would be the best term for it. I, I don't I don't get people who get bent out of shape about people having different opinions, um, especially about something like a video game like that. Like I can understand getting bent out of shape about stuff, you know, like like, like real life events, like. Totally understand that. Like, totally understand that. Um, but events within a game, I think, Beard, you've made these comments a couple times. It's like, it's a game. Like, you know, my my opinion of what is happening, my opinion and theories are, are flavored definitely by my own personal, you know, uh, 
theories and my personal opinions about things. But at the end of the day, what I see as good evil within the dredge in your story is definitely like I definitely I like when we were talking about the uh, Jagged Purpose quest, definitely have an opinion on like if you couldn't tell by the rant of the unwilling sacrifice, definitely have an opinion on if this is an okay thing or not. Um, but as far as where the writers take it, you know, that's, that's where, I mean, that's like getting mad at an author for putting a book in a, uh, putting a twist in a book that you didn't see coming. Right. It's just, I don't know. I find that a little silly. What a twist. (laughs) Sorry, chat. Um, so yeah, shout outs, Beard. What do you got for us this week? Uh, the only major one goes to uh, I know what some people kind of have in their mind, uh, and that is to uh, Bioware and mm. Anthem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I put out a pretty scathing review of what I thought was going on with the uh, demo or beta or whatever they really want to call it. They call it a demo. Demo's got to work right, man. Uh, but anything that I effectively said or or presented there, uh, a couple people misconstrued as me saying that I wanted to uh, see the game crash and burn, that I had no interest in it whatsoever. I'm oh really? Sorry, but I, I didn't. Re- I didn't read that at all. Like I, I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna interject. I didn't see yours as scathing at all. I saw. I mean, it's for me. It was pretty. Leg- I mean, you were pretty clear that it was. Uh, this is just your opinion. Like the whole yep. thing about the migraines, I thought was a really yeah. good point. Like, I don't know. yeah, yeah, they, they, I don't know that, that, that comes kind of full circle with something else that I want to touch on, but here in a second, uh, but in the same, like, I know that this is a very big thing for Bioware to nail. I know it's, uh, a very large thing that is kind of pressuring them on like EA's plate and whatnot as well. Uh, and I would hate to see that the studio ends up going under because the game either doesn't perform or something else happens or, you know, investors are investors and that's all she wrote because that seems to be the way that the larger AAA ish gaming industry is kind of going. Uh, but I do wish them luck wholeheartedly. Uh, I think that there is a great base for a game that is sitting there. Uh, it was the thing I said about destiny one when that was around uh, and why I think now that Forsaken has kind of kind of branched into allowing for Destiny to be its own thing finally, kind of like what it was with Taken King, uh, but now even more so. You know, there's plenty of rooms for improvement for, for all angles and ends, but there's only so much you can do, and you have to kind of say, even as like a, a creator, I have to do the same thing where I have to say when something is good enough and eventually I have to come like say I might have to come back to this theory in three months when we get in uh some more information on a topic etc uh but it's that's why I specifically state that this is back towards uh Bioware and Anthem however because I think that both EA and Activision have kind of shown that their 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 money sides are a little too showy right now. Uh, 
and there there has to be this balance of give where they allow for a developer to still create the the passion project or the art that they're looking to create otherwise you really do take that that level completely out mm-hmm. uh i've been seeing more things from like devolver digital lately that are very interesting uh i've been seeing uh a couple things even up on like the the indie showcase that the that nintendo's been doing with the switch uh that's been phenomenal um and all these different games that seem like they have like minimum to no backing or a crowdfunded uh tech i'm still looking at shovel knight and the fact that they're still making content for that game and i'm <laughs> i came out how many years ago uh it's just to say that i hope that this is the project that they really want to see of it uh and i think that overall i really hope that they do well as uh things kind of progress on uh but they have definitely done a i i i think like visually i think they've done very well save for like some of the color palettes that i think that they chose where things just feel really bland and in in some cases but the the concept is there and i would love to see it flourish uh there is absolutely no harm in either us branching out to talk about something different uh seeing a new story that kind of pops up down again uh there is no harm in another game performing well or doing well to bridge this idea of competition and make sure that people stay on their toes that that's that's why i i think a lot of times people say oh yeah it's the this killer just to make sure that more uh more basically like pops up or or you know more competition kind of spreads out and does more etc yeah the most space is very vile uh volatile in that regard too well uh, but to be fair it always has been right well world of warcraft really held the the mantle well, for a yeah. long time but yeah but but if we count before that now after now that like wow's down to like i think two three or four million i forget exactly what now which is still uh, just like still an immense amount of it, it's I'm, still i mean it's still you just pause and think about game. that that number oh yeah well well the fact that they like capped i think it was like 12 and a half million oh, and now they're they're down to God. about a, a quarter of that but still it's like they they probably have enough proceeds from all the sub fees that they had to carry that I, like that yeah entire thing on for the next 20 years and they would be entirely fine uh anyway i i being sarcastic facetious in in that regard anyway as as it is um my my previous point though kind of goes back to like how that uh some of the messages were apparently received by uh some through my my tweet thread uh i know i haven't been making content but the fact that some people have been taking those words as me being like i don't want the company to do well this comes down to either reading too far into something or you thinking that one notion is is one way or another uh it's not what i meant by it whatsoever and by the end of the day i ended up saying hey try the game out for yourself but it really wasn't for me for this go around but you know it might be for you so give it a shot it's free anyway mm-hmm. uh but it also ties back to what have happened in a couple of things with um theories that i've i've presented on twitter worst place to do so because it's 240 characters unfortunately i don't have like 
enough room that I could be like, look at these six different things that I'm trying to link back to in 240 characters. It doesn't work. Um, but the the whole idea is like having a little fun with it versus thinking so heavily into it. Uh, and some have gotten so laser-focused on how proper a theory is instead of just having fun with it anymore. Uh, I, I, I've, I've said that I feel the wonder is gone from some people within the community. Uh, I have said that the, uh, the fun is gone from some people in the community. Just take a step back and realize it's a game, please. I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm white knighting for anything, but please just do yourselves a favor if that's your mindset take a step back and like breathe and remember it's a game uh if i have any advice for you for the week that's it right uh, anyway that's what i i wanted to at least kind of bring those up like there's a lot of stuff that's been happening this year already uh not all of it necessarily good but like a lot of stuff that's been happening that uh i know for some people it set them off in different directions that they probably shouldn't go uh but everybody's just in hard times right now, uh, or at least from what it seems like for me. Uh, so just take a step back and breathe for a second and just think about what it is you might say before you say it. That's all. Yep. And that being said, we're going to run through an outro and then we'll probably stay for a bit of an after show. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can also be found at www.focusfirechat.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments or questions for our team concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. Also, be sure to check out all the amazing work being featured over on thelorenetwork.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.